0: You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Or then I invite you to join me on my 30,000 mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, ManyRoadsTravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So, welcome to episode 16. And on today's episode, we are going to be in Khartoum, the capital of Sudan, which is probably best known for the convergence of the Nile, which is the longest river in the world. It's where the Blue Nile comes from Ethiopia and the White Nile from Uganda meet and then go 3000 kilometers up to the Med through Egypt and Sudan. So before we crack on, with this journey uh let's just to give you the latest update on my podcast journey that you're on with me too <laughs> so the top five countries this week are canada my home country hello canucks usa with only three episodes behind you canadians let's get going thank you all my american friends that's awesome and number three is uk my second home and number four is France. And then merci and number five is India, my third home. <laughs> so bringing it home, kids. <laughs> and I'm now up to listeners from 47 countries, which is amazing. One of my goals is to get to 76 countries because that's how many countries I've been to. So well on our way. And we have now traveled 10,075 miles on this Crazy ass (laughs) trip from Paris to Cape Town. So Khartoum, there's about 5 million people there now. But when I was there, I reckon there probably was maybe just over a million. So it's it's grown a lot since 93. Uh, There was not a lot to do there. I'll tell you that right now. And it was the hottest weather I've ever, I think, lived through. Uh, It was, I'd say, mid to high 40s plus humidity so the hottest day ever was i think 57 degrees celsius it was like living in a sauna i don't know how the local people did it (laughs) to be honest because we were there for nine days and that was plenty for me that's for sure okay so let's crack on uh so it's day 98 yeah so if you'd like to join me on the whole trip then yeah go back to episode one and get the backstory and Start off with Paris. Okay, so yeah, day ninety-eight. We have just gone off the train ride from hell, literally. Oh. <laughs> it was forty-two hours. That doesn't include the twenty-two hours where we end up going nowhere. But we were on that train for twenty-two hours. Have to catch the last episode of the to find out all about that train journey. And the whole time especially and even in Wadi Halfa, we were there for over I don't know, a week, I think nine days or something. Yeah, not a lot of food. So this whole train journey, we hardly ate, and we were, by the time we got to Cartoon, was at 1 p.m., we were starving dirt bags. So dirty because the train windows have no panes, window panes. So traveling through the desert that long, it's just the dust just constantly is coming into your little carriage, it was ridiculous. So we got a taxi to the city center, And of course, now the cheap hotel hunt begins because, you know, remember, like you can just look up TripAdvisor, (laughs) you know, we had our lowly Africa, our lowly planet Africa book. But again, it was outdated. And yeah, so anyways, we were hunting for hotels, couldn't find one that was, you know, cheap and the rest of them just were full. So we finally, after trekking around, sweating buckets, found one for six dollars a night. And it just, but it just had a ceiling fan. Not great. (laughs) We dumped our bags and we were like, okay, let's get some food, man. We've, like I said, you know, we're a capital city. There's gotta be lots of restaurants. Oh, how wrong we were. (laughs) Again, trekking around, just could not find any restaurants. And if the ones that we did, all they had were these really greasy deep fried, which they called them fish burgers. I don't know what was in them and just you know cheap like the cheapest white bread buns you could find and that's it like no lettuce tomato nothing you know just literally this greasy fish burger on two pieces of usually stale white bread or they had like deep fried pizzas deep fried pizzas like <laughs> what <laughs> anyway so we grab some fish burgers not very good and it was just like, oh, no, <laughs> things are not looking much better than they have the last couple of weeks. We just, yeah, very hot. Just kind of crashed that night. Tried to sleep as best as we could. So day 99, uh, we had like this really greasy fool for breakfast. Now, fool is their local main staple, which is kind of like a bean stew, but they put lots of peanut oil on it. So... I mean, so there, you can get some really good food, and they'll put like, the good food will have like chopped tomato and onions on there too, and not much peanut oil. This was not that, however, it was super greasy, disgusting. So I managed to talk the restaurant owner into just boiling me two eggs. Like, please, please, just give me, so he did that for me, which was nice. So then we headed out to the British Embassy because we needed to get letters of recommendation uh, for, Air, for our Eritrean and Ethiopian visa wasn't a Canadian embassy so we went to the British embassy I mean I'm half British but I didn't have my British passport at the time I didn't get that till I moved to England after this trip actually I ended up living there for over 20 years so anyway so that, they were six bucks each uh, so we got those then we hunted all over the city to find the French cultural building which apparently the bus station was supposed to be there to get our to go to our next destination which was kasala sudan finally found it oh no it's the bus station isn't here anymore <laughs> of course it's not and walking in khartoum was like walking in a sauna like it was, it was just so ridiculous luckily there was trees there and some benches like every once in a while because you could not walk more than a few hundred meters uh, and then have to take a break because it was so hot <laughs> it was ridiculous so then we headed over uh, found the post office because i wanted to call my mom because i hadn't called my mom since cairo like the first time i went to cairo so it's probably about six or seven weeks and i also had some letters to mail so I get to the post office it was three dollars for or four dollars for a, th- no, a three minute phone call now at the time it was about 800 80 to 200 Sudanese pounds to the dollar nowadays it's about 55 to the american dollar and even now i would suggest (laughs) exchanging on like what they call the black market you get a much better rate in the than the banks i mean the banks at my time was like 130 and everyone does it so it's it's not a a huge issue so yeah so i call my mom phony the phone rings and some man picks it up my parents were divor or yeah divorced at the time Uh, I'm like hello, and he just hung up on me. (laughs) So I was like, what? So I got them to call back, and he picked up again and hung up on me. So I was like, did I call the wrong number? But I thought it was the right, you know, I thought it was the right number, and so left kind of disappointed and confused about who the hell's answering my mom's phone, (laughs) or if it was the right number. So yeah, did get to speak to her again. (laughs) Uh, So then we had to go to this. like foreign registration office so of course we go to where we think it is no well, of course it's not there basically it was a bit of a strikeout day completely and like no reprieve because then you we just go back to our hotel room and it's like literally living in an oven now we is my friend Casey who I left the trip with. Didn't finish it with him, but we were still traveling together. Also, my my rare blood illness had really kicked in badly, so I was super achy. Had a really really sore throat as well, so not feeling good at all. All my joints were swollen and inflamed. it was not great basically, and when I lack of sleep also makes my illness worse, and also humidity so or damp so those are kind of the worst conditions for me anyways you just gotta buck up and keep going (laughs) so day 100 we went back to the British embassy got our letters yeah we just we hadn't they hadn't done them before so we just filled them in so picked up our letters like i said it was six bucks each and then we headed out to the ethiopian embassy to uh, get our, our ethiopian visa again another mission to find it and so so hot get there they said oh no you, we don't issue overland visas the only way we'll give you a visa is if you f- you have to fly into addis ababa the capital of ethiopia but then once you're there you can travel all through the country by land and you can even leave leave go you know come leave india or yeah sorry leave ethiopia to kenya Or come in from Kenya to Ethiopia by land. Not a problem. But you can't go overland from here, like from Eritrea. Like, are you kidding me? Now, that's the whole mission of this trip. Well, not the whole mission, but one of our big missions was to get from Paris to Cape Town by land. No flying. So we're just like, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell? (laughs) This just totally sucks. So they did say, well, you might be able to get an, an overland visa in from Eritrea, but we're not sure now if you've listened to my other episodes you'll find it you'll know when embassies tell me something it's usually not accurate <laughs> so we were like oh my god now what are we going to do so we decided to decide to hike over to the eritrean embassy just to, to see if they have more information super hot like i said 56 57 degrees celsius like you can't imagine if you are never been in that kind of heat you can't really imagine it so get there Oh, it's closed till Monday. Today's Thursday. We're like, oh, my God, we are going to be stuck because Eritrea was our next country. So we had to have this visa like we could get the Ethiopian one in Eritrea, but we need the Eritrea. So we're like, oh, my God, we're stuck in Khartoum like for four days. We can't even do anything. And of course, still haven't found any food. So literally we're living off these greasy fish burgers, eggs. I usually could get eggs for breakfast. And fool, which, you know, and bread, which, again, depended on the degree of how good the fool was. (laughs) Although the one thing you could get were cold, ice cold Pepsis. Uh, But I don't drink cola. So I, but then I started there in Sudan because it was the only, one of the only things to drink, especially cold. And it would be hilarious. You'd be walking, you know, along the streets or whatever. And you just hear all the time, Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi. (laughs) they were at least cheap. They were probably like, I don't know, 20 cents or 15 cents or something. Oh my gosh. Of course, no alcohol because it's a fundamentalist country. So no alcohol. I think I'd run out of my chewing tobacco even (laughs) that I'd bought. Or I got some in Wadi Halfa because people just kept giving it to me. So no reprieve. You can't even have a drink. (laughs) So day 101, we decide, right, we're going to try and find... Because now we're here for at least like you know four or five more days. Try and find a cheaper hotel. I know six dollars was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, what do we do? We find not a better hotel, but it was cheaper and dingier, which was seemed to be our standards. Uh, but it was only three bucks a night, so hey ho. Although it didn't even have a ceiling fan. The last one at least had a ceiling fan. So it was even hotter if that was possible in the room. Uh, so, killing time, we, and it's, uh, of course, now it's Friday. So that's their holy day. So everything's closed. So, Casey, you're like, okay, well, we got to come up with a, a plan. What are we going to do? So, we came up with a five step plan to get over this, you know, fly, only flying into Ethiopia visa problem. So, step one was to go by two flights to Addis Ababa. Step two, was to go get our Ethiopian visa. Step three was to refund those flights, get our money back. Step four was to get our Eritrean visa. And then step five was to keep our fingers crossed and hopefully we could go by land from Eritre into the get into Ethiopia that way. But of course we had to wait till Sunday to do anything. So literally, it was just killing time, reading, trying to sleep, eating greasy fish burgers, (laughs) drinking lots of Pepsi and playing some more blackjack. I think we got the blackjack thing game going again. I believe I was still up by about seven or eight dollars with Casey, so he was very annoyed at that. And okay, let me just tell you how I had to sleep in this place, right? So. And it was very very super basic room so it was literally just two single cots in there that's it (laughs) there was a shared hallway a shared bathroom and and showers down the hallway so i would have like a tank top or vest top on and my silk boxer shorts go have uh, a shower i mean it was only cold water but even then it was warm And the floors of the showers were so disgusting, like algae, literally algae was on them and cockroaches, like big cockroaches, like two inches long around your feet. It was just like, oh my God. And I'd be in my, my clothes in the shower and I had like a travel towel, those microfiber towel travel towels. I'd soak that wet, go back to the room, just lay in bed with this towel over my face and then try and raise to sleep before I was dried. (laughs) And if I was lucky, I might get three hours of sleep and then repeat three or four times a night. Sounds fun, right? (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, so day 102, we headed back to the post office. And I mailed some more letters that I had been writing the last uh, day or two. Went to call my mom again. And the international lines for Canada, USA were down so no go I'm like my mom is going to kill me (laughs) she hasn't heard from me for almost two months now and that was about it for that day (laughs) so day 103 we put step one into action so we headed to a travel agency and bought our our flights it only took two hours really easy <laughs> then we headed back to oh we we're just about to head to the ethiopian embassy again to see if we can get our visa now and someone said oh no uh, they're closed fridays and sundays i like oh my god are <laughs> you kidding me so it was just the usual sweat and buckets fish burgers and i and the phone lines were still down I tried to get into the post office, but no go. Okay, so day 104. So now it's Monday, thinking everything should be open. So we put step two in a, into action and we head to the Ethiopian embassy, show them our flight tickets. Oh, now it's not a prologue. You can get your visa, but it takes a day. So we're like, we literally begged them. We're like, can you please, please try and do it today? It's not like there's lots of travelers around. I mean, we only still only met the French couple in Wadi Halfa, and they flew from Wadi Halfa to Khartoum. So we hadn't even seen another traveler. So they said, okay, well, come back in two hours and we'll see what we can do for you. We're like, okay, thank you so much. So then we decided, okay, well, we got this. Two Let's just head to the Air train visa, the Eritrean embassy to see what the story is there. So again, trek over there, because these are like long walks and you can never find taxis. So it was just walking. And like I said, you it was like walking, you know, in a jungle or whatever. Uh, so you just have to keep stopping. So it would take for, you know, ages to get to anywhere anyways. So we get to the Airtrain Embassy. No, it's closed because they're having their independence referendum. Oh, my God. So, which they were super happy about because they finally got their independence from Ethiopia after, I don't know, 30 years of kind of war. And anyways, they were super happy. We were not particularly that happy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we headed back to the Ethiopian embassy. Yes, they had our visas. So that was awesome. So that was our first good news for in ages, really. So we look at our visas. Oh, no. They're stamped on the top air only Mm-mm, this could be a problem <laughs> however the visas only cost us seven bucks so that was good and we just have to work out step five a little bit later however when we were there we met uh, an american couple matt and aaron so that was nice and they seemed really nice and we end up they end up coming back to our hotel with us and just kept you know like new people oh my god so came back to our shithole hotel <laughs> for uh guess what a pepsi and a, a kakata which kakata is re- was really good actually they were hibiscus tea and you could get them cold or hot we had that and then they were like well do you want to come back to our hotel we're like sure well they're staying in like a posh hotel 38 dollars a night and they had air conditioning it was like oh my god this is luxury can we just sleep on your floor <laughs> So we just hung out with them for a bit and they told us that they had actually come from Wadi Hoffa as well, but they got the the like bus and truck combo. It took them 56 hours. So if we hadn't had that 22 hour delay on the train, well, the train to go nowhere, we would have beat them 42 hours. So either way, I think nowadays they say you can get the bus from Wadi Hoffa to Khartoum in 12 hours. I find that... A little dubious, but that's apparently what other travelers have said. So hey ho, not back in my day. So, day 105, we put step three into action. So, we head back to the travel agency to try and get our refund on our flights. They were like humming and hon and dilly-dallying, and, and it took about two hours, but we got our refund. So, that was great. So, and then finally, the Eritrean embassy is open. So, we headed over there. Uh, we got our visas that day. We managed to talk them into giving it to us that day for $1. Bargain. <laughs> and step four was complete. So it was just step five that we kind of had no control over. And we really wouldn't know if step five would work until we actually got to the air train Ethiopian border. So it was a little daunting, but we're like, okay, well, let's just not worry about that now. We've done four out of five. That is awesome, <laughs> considering everything just seemed to take forever and was so difficult to do. But we did it, so we were we were impressed with ourselves. Uh, so then we went back to our hotel, and it seemed to be visitors' hours. Uh, we had uh, two guys, like two local guys, who we we had met, you know, d- days previously, and they showed up and said to say hello. And one of the guys, Stephen, he was actually in a like six foot seven, four hundred meter. Olympian in 92 and was training to go into the Barcelona ones in 96. And he was the nicest guy. So it was really nice chatting to them. I don't know. They stayed for a couple of hours. And then Aaron and Matt showed up. So Casey and I felt super popular. <laughs> Aaron and Matt, we went with them to find, like, we figured out where the bus station was now. So we went with them because it was in this, um oh, Souk Shabi. That's where you get your that's where the buses were. So we're walking around and all the buses were full. We're like, like, cause we wanted to go the next day to go to Casala, which is near the air train and Sudanese border. We're like, oh my God, now we finally got all of our steps done almost. And uh, now we can't get a bus. We finally found what I called the love bus. Cause it was, there's flowers all on the outside and then in the dashboard and then inside was painted like this really deep red although it did have a massive like cracked windshield <laughs> but they had like four seats so we're like we'll take those now and uh, they're only three dollars for per tickets so that was good and it was leaving the next day so we were happy about that we're getting out of cartoon finally uh, and then we just kind of probably again got our normal fish burgers i wasn't still was not feeling really good at all I was really really tired and a lot of pain we got back to the hotel and then casey and i had this huge blowout i can't remember what it was about now but i think he he just walked out and went for a walk or something and i was just fuming and we were just not you know because that was probably only our second maybe big fight in you know 105 days so considering we were a hot tired hungry it's not bad and we you know we made up the next next day no problem so day 106 we got to the souk shabi at about 6 30 in the morning and our love bus left at 7 a.m and we were finally after nine days leaving khartoum Yippee yippee yay However, you're going to have to tune in until next Thursday to hear about Casala Sudan. And I also forgot to read my review of the week. So it's uh, five stars from Jordy 171 Super love going on this adventure with you, Tamara. You were so brave to do this trip. I especially like the episode in Jordan some interesting places which I enjoy seeing through your eyes. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. Well, thank you so much, Jordy. That's great to hear. And if you'd like to get a shout out, a review shout out, then please leave me a review on Apple or Stitcher. Uh, You can find the information on my website, manyrosetravel.com. And now it's time for Tam's top tips. Okay, so tip number one, is I kind of just talk about the the visa situation so to get a Sudanese visa you can get them of course it's all different prices where you get them but you can get them in Aswan Egypt for $150 US I think we paid $50 and that was back in 93 like I said and it just takes a day or Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, it's $68, takes a day. Nairobi, $55, takes a day. Or Cairo, which is where we got ours. Uh, they're now $150, but it just takes a day. It took us over three weeks to get ours, so that's improved. And you need two passport photos. You also have to, again, this you have to get registered by the police within three days of being in Sudan. And I guess you can only do those now at the entry ports so like Wadi Halfa, Khartoum, Port Sudan, sorry, Sawakin which I think it's near the Kenyan border so yes uh, if you don't register then you get a fine when you try and leave and it could get fined up to $200 so okay and then the Eritrean visa you have to get that before you arrive in the country and again just go to an Eritrean embassy and they're roughly about $35 and for the Ethiopia Visa. Well, you can get an e-visa online nowadays, or an embassy, and it's roughly about fifty-two dollars. Okay. And tip number two would be yeah, visit the convergence of the the two Niles, because that's you know it's pretty cool. And like I said, it's the Nile is the world's longest river in the world. So, and I actually followed the Nile, so it's three thousand kilometers from Khartoum to Cairo. And I went to both the Blue Nile Falls in Ethiopia and the White Nile Falls in Uganda, so that's pretty cool. Tip number three, which we didn't get to do, but go to the Nubian pyramids. So they were built about 800 years after the Egyptian pyramids were built, so they're a lot smaller. But the, and it's about two, like where about 50 of them are, the 200 kilometers from Khartoum. But they're supposed to be really cool. Not many people obviously go there. I mean, like I said, not people go to Sudan. <laughs> so yeah, so they're built, I think, 1000 BC and it's only 10 bucks to see them and you have them to yourself, I imagine, except for the local people. And of course you'd be supporting the local people because they, you know, reading reports today in 2020, obviously there are not many tourism, uh, tours there, especially with COVID. So I would, yeah, I'd check out the Nubian pyramids if I went again. I won't be going back again though. <laughs> i love the sydney's people they're the uh, the nicest people but no i'm good thank you and then for my tip for solo female travelers sure you wear you know you have to be covered uh so get like like i said so hot so like super light long sleeve tops and trousers or skirts men also you need to be covered like long sleeve and trousers women you can wear like a light headscarf if you want it's not necessary like it's you don't have to but you might fit in a little bit better. But Sudan is so safe. I mean, they say it's one of the safest countries in Africa as a solo female traveler. And I never had any problems. Like I said, they're so very, very nice people. And even though I complain about the lack of food or how hot it was, I always kept in mind and kept that perspective that I can leave whatever I want. You know, these local people can't. So. Even when things like this, you know, this part of the trip is so frustrating and things go wrong, you know, again, always try and keep things in perspective, Uh, you know, how fortunate you are to be able to travel. But yeah. And don't forget, please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once for the hard way and never again. (laughs) This is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance double and traveled and don't leave home without it as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Okay, so I think that is a wrap for today's ep and we shall see you or I guess you'll hear me <laughs> uh, next Thursday when we're going to Kassala, Sudan. Okay, and like I said before, make sure you check out the website, travel.com Okay, until next week, safe travels, one road at a time.